You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo, man. I tell you what, we uh, we're just hanging out in here waiting for the show to start, and I start getting criticized in the chat that we're not actually on Lombardi time, Tim. They're like, "Hey, we should be starting fifteen minutes early." So we went a couple minutes early. Maybe that's Dan Devine time or something. I don't know. I don't know. Probably we'd probably be a few minutes late if it was Dan Devine, though, right? That Tim? Clayton Bigsby time right there. <laughs> Clayton Bigsby, <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> I love it. Once again, I get the notification that we're not streaming on Facebook. So there you go. We'll uh, we'll work on that again. I don't know what's going on over there. With Z- hey, Zuck, if you're listening, I know you're watching this show, Zuck. Figure it out, bro. All right, figure it out. Let's go to the chat. We got Carly Ray in the house. We got Red Mo, Derek K, Bleeding Green. Love that name, man, by the way. Uh, Jeremy Burt's in the house. Let's see who else we've got in here. Yeah, we got a crew, man. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Good stuff. All right. Let's do this, man. Um, yeah, there, there you go. Carly Ray says two a days Clayton in here putting in work more than the NFL player. I don't know about that. I'm over here clicking a mouse, man. They're putting their <laughs> body online. Nah, but we uh I'm having fun, man. Like I said in the chat, um, can't get enough of hanging out with all y'all. It's been a blast, you know, talking ball and you guys kind of force me and hold me responsible, right? To uh um to go dig a little bit deeper and figure out what the next game's about, what happened in the previous game. It's been a lot of fun. But, uh, Tim, I know yesterday was Veterans Day, right? Let's kind of kick this thing off with some with something that actually matters, unlike 90% of this joke of a show that we do. <laughs> but yesterday was Veterans Day, obviously. Um, and you came across a really cool article, right? If you would, just kind of um, let everybody know about that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe Bill Huber retweeted it on uh, Twitter. And um, – this is from uh, SI.com, Packer Central, uh, written by Jacob Westendorf. Um, pretty cool article here. It says, Tattoos show meaning of Veterans Day for Packers receiver C- Christian Watson. Um, you know, November, November is Salute to Service Month in the NFL. Just read some of the highlights from this article. Uh, for some, the league's annual attempt to honor the men and women who serve the country in the military means little more than adding a hoodie to their Christmas shopping list. Some others might not even notice for Packers receiver, Christian Watson, this month carries a special significance with a bond between family members that spans generations, military values of hard work, sacrifice, and dedication played a role in Watson becoming the man that he is today. So really interesting. If you know about, um, uh, Christian and his brother, uh, Trey Watson, um, they both have tattoos that honor their grandfather um who they call grampy um grampy was more commonly known as jeffrey armstrong senior a united states marine corps staff sergeant when he wasn't holding his ground to keep america safe he was the great grandfather to christian and trey watson the grandfather to their mother krista um armstrong passed away in 2014 when when both christian and trey were young 
Some establish yearly traditions to keep the memory of their loved ones alive. For the Watson brothers, it was a special coincidence. So they both got tattoos to honor Grampy. So that was pretty cool. Um, Trey got his done first and uh, kind of made a joke that uh, he said, I'm a little upset that Christian's tattoo looks a little better than mine. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty funny. Um, but there's some good quotes here um, uh, from Christian. I'm trying to see here. He said, uh, Grampy was a part of our lives and a very special part of my mom's growing up as well. Uh, this is what Trey said. Uh, meant a lot to us. We were able to immortalize him and keep his memory mo going on and moving forward. Um, he said he wanted, Christian said, I wanted a tattoo that displayed, that displayed what meant a lot to him. I think he took pride that he was in the Marines. I had multiple family members in the military that served as well. I wanted to do something that signified who he was, what he cherished, and what he took pride in. I think he took a lot of pride in serving his country. So, I mean, you guys can read this article. It's It goes on from here. Um, but, you know, I, I'm one of these guys. I'm not a tattoo person. And I think the one thing that stopped me from from getting a tattoo is, is exactly what we're seeing here is I, I've just never really found anything in my life that significant to permanently, you know, tattoo my body. And so when I see guys that do things like this and they're honoring people in their family, especially family members who've served our country, um, that's, I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, you see a lot of people get tattoos just, just because they like the ink, you know, they got a whole, whole body full of tats and, you know, yeah. do they all really mean something? You know, sometimes you got to wonder, but it's like, you know, you see guys like Scoot and his brother, man, you know, that there's meaning. And um, I just think it's really cool. Uh, Christian did a lot of uh, uh, a lot of speaking about, um, you know, what his grandfather meant or his great grandfather meant to him uh, growing up as a child. And even in their family, um, you know, values of discipline and respect, you know, accountability, things like this, that, um, you know, our armed forces members, they they learn this and they teach this to their families and it gets passed down generation to generation. Um, I'm someone who has family members that have served. Uh, I was someone as a young man who tried to enlist in the United States Army. I was unable to due to medical reasons. You know, if you can't pass a physical, you can't serve in the military, you know. So I try to find other ways to honor our veterans. And, uh, you know, guys like this who didn't serve as well but had family members, they're honoring our veterans. Um, I just think it's real special. So check that out, si.com, Packer Central. A uh, cool article written by uh, Jacob Westendorf about the uh, the Watson brothers and their uh, their grandfather. Yeah, definitely good stuff. Yeah, I, it's something that that means a lot to me. I didn't get to meet my mother's uh, dad. Um, he passed away before I was born, but uh, he served in World War II, and then my brother served in uh, Operation Desert Storm there in the early nineties. So you know, it's it's definitely near and dear to my heart when you hear about other families who you know have made sacrifices. I don't feel like I sacrificed a thing. Don't get me wrong, but I know my mom. I remember uh, getting ready to catch the school bus, and uh, we lived on Pine Street back home in Kentucky. And I remember watching the news and watching uh, the explosions and everything. You know, with the uh, with the first uh, you know Gulf War there. I always refer to it as the first Gulf War. I don't know if it's technically the right way of saying it, but um, Desert Storm. And I remember her just being tore up, man, because we knew Alan was over there, uh, my older brother. And he was stationed in Saudi Arabia uh, during all that. They took a lot of a lot of different uh, scuds and things like that on base. And, uh, yeah, you know, he wasn't on the front front lines, but he was a, a mechanic working on all the equipment, you know, that, that they were using. So um, he's got some man. He's got some wild stories. Them yeah, racing them across bad. the desert. <laughs> Said they would take those big, those big uh, trucks and buggies out there and, and race them across the desert and everything when they wasn't, you know, getting raided. But yeah. he, he does. He did. You know, tell me. I asked him one time because I try not to. You know. You know. He, he does have PTSD a little bit, and I say a little bit because he hides it. You know, there's probably only one way of having it. I'm not a doctor, but anyway, um, I asked him. Uh, I said, you know, did you experience anything? He said the, the worst thing that we experienced was about two or three times a week, we would get the sirens go off in the middle of the night, and that meant scuds were inbound. So they would have to take cover, get get ready, you know, that type of thing. Because, you know, you never know. Uh, scuds hit, then they've got an invasion coming in on the backside of Saudi. So um, that's the type of stuff he kind of carries with him. But, again, that's why it means a lot to me. And then you were talking about tattoos, Tim, to, to switch gears to a little softer subject. My my dad 
you know, I grew up in a biker family. So my dad did tattoos for about 15 years back home. He was, he was the local tattoo guy. Right. And, uh, many nights I fell asleep to the sound, to the buzz of a tattoo gun. And, uh, I've got one, it stays hidden. And, um, I know what you mean. You know, I, I do see some ink on people and I'm like, man, I like that because it just takes me back to my childhood. You know, dad did some awesome work, awesome work. But anyway, um, with that being said, let's talk some Packer football here, man. Again, I think it's important. I'm glad you brought that up Tim, about the, uh, the salute to service and, and obviously how it affects the Watson family and just kind of goes to show you the, the type of guy that Christian is too. Um, he, you know, we knew it right off the bat when I reached out to Krista when we first started this pod, you know, I interviewed Krista here on the pod, not on YouTube, but just on the original pod. And uh, the reason I wanted to interview her is because you could you could hear the way Christian carried himself. He talked all those things. And it's like, man, this this guy was raised right. And just reached out to her. She's like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. And just hearing her talk about how they all the sacrifices it took them having to divide and conquer to get to to get to those practices, because obviously his, his brother was playing. I think his sister was an athlete as well. But and uh, her, you know, kind of. Uh, um, I guess you could say raising them on her own for the most part, you know, uh, coming from kind of a, uh, a, a separated, you know, family, if you will. Um, you could just hear her get emotional because there's a lot of time invested. And that's why, you know, some people see her on Twitter and they're like, Oh, shut up. You don't need to be commenting on it. No, this is her kid. And they've yeah. sacrificed a lot of time, a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get those boys where they're at. That's and then right. you're going to have some fat loser living in his mom's basement going to pop on there and talk about how, oh, he's fragile. He's made of glass. Yep. I'm the same way, man. Like, And you know what? I have so much respect for Krista, too, because she'll she'll deal with it heads up. Like, Absolutely. she doesn't shy away from that. If you're going to be on that BS, mom, mama's going to call you out. Absolutely. And um, it's always gold. And and she has a way about how she how she handles herself. And you can, you can see that in her in her sons. You, you can see where they get that from because she deals with some of the worst vitriol on twitter and social media and she just handles it so excellently it's just it's actually fun to watch i wish she wouldn't get so much of that that ignorance but um yeah. i mean shout out to to mama watson man she uh she's awesome. <laughs> she's awesome dude she handles it so well and you know real quick while before we move on clayton mm-hmm. um i think it's important like what you said it, in this article i thought it was very well written where, where he says you know november is salute to service month in the nfl for some, the league's annual attempt to honor the men and women who serve the country, et cetera, et cetera. I like how that's worded. The attempt. Right. Make the attempt to honor these men and women um, who make these sacrifices for all of us, because I don't know how many, how hard we can try or how many attempts we can make. I don't know if we ever could fully honor these people in the way that they deserve. So just taking the time to make that effort and, and that acknowledgement, anyone in your life, if you know someone who served, just let them know they matter and that you appreciate it because, um, you know, veterans in this country right now, um, they don't get the respect that they deserve. I'm just going to put it out there and say that. So, um, you know, and, and also, you know, salute to Aaron Jones and the Jones family today, you know, family of veterans, um, Alvin Jones senior, you know, and, and, and Mrs. Jones, Aaron's mother, um, served, served as well. So, um, you know, thank you to, to all the men and women who, uh, serve our country and allow us to do what we're doing right now, which is talk some ball. Absolutely. Very well said. Very well said. I want to say uh, congratulations to Paul Robertson became a new YouTube member of the PTA posse. He's uh, in, he's got a chance to win a Jersey. I was going to say Carly in here doing the legwork for us, explaining to him that he might win a Dave Robinson Jersey tomorrow night. That's kind of cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, unless you listen to Eric Sutherland, he claims that the will is rigged, right? Um, haven't seen Eric in here in a while. We got to get Eric back in. I love that guy. But uh, yeah, like I told him, it's the uh, the most safe and secure will in uh, in U.S. history. And I'll just leave it. <laughs> so, all right, let's do this, man. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little Packers Steelers. All right, uh, Packers.com put a quick video out. I thought it was really cool. They kind of talked a little bit more in detail about Mike Tomlin. You guys know the most important matchups for me when I look at two teams and I go, okay, who can win this game, right? There's really there's three matchups for me. It's um, it's going to come down to head coach versus head coach, quarterback versus quarterback. Right. Obviously, whether they're on the road or not, it's just kind of a given. You know, you, you, there is such thing as home field advantage. I think we would all agree. Um, and the other thing is 
the ability to pressure the quarterback, right, to affect the quarterback play. And that comes down to the two different caveats of or the two different uh, aspects of how do your edges hold up, your offensive line in general, as well as your edge defenders, okay? And when you kind of look at that from a matchup standpoint, you know, I can see where people would say it's a push all the way around. I would feel comfortable saying that these two teams have two of the best pass rushes in the game, especially off the edges, you know, with Sean Gary, Preston Smith, both playing great ball, High Smith and uh, and TJ Watt both playing great ball, right? Then you look at the offensive line, you kind of feel like the Packers have a little bit of an edge to simply how, how little uh, Jordan Love has been pressured. Um, so it really all comes back, you know, let's go to the quarterback. When you talk about the quarterback, right, who's the better quarterback there? Um, I, I can see a case for both. I really can, you know. Um, so I think it's pretty neck and neck there. Now you go to the head coaching matchup, right? Is it Mike Tomlin or Matt LaFleur? And this is the way I like to ask these questions to people. When you say, okay, well, I think I think LaFleur is better than Tom or I think Tom is better than LaFleur. You've got one game to win, one game, okay? And you've got to pick a head coach, and it's between those two who you pick it. I got to be honest. <laughs> one of them's got a couple rings, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably who I'm going with. So that's the honest answer, right? Now, I would love to see LaFleur pass him up in that regard. But uh, with that being said, let's key up this video here. And, uh, and see exactly what Packers.com put together. Larry McCarron, again, you guys, go show them some love over to Packers.com. Go to their Twitter page, retweet the video. Uh, also, you can uh, go to their YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed there. I love what Larry McCarron and the guys do. Wes Hockowitz, Mike Spofford, the whole gang. That's why I love sharing their videos over here to keep, keep people funneled in that direction because uh, they just do amazing work. But here we go. He's a guy that I've got as much respect for in this business as anybody. I don't think he's ever had a losing season, which is incredible. If you ask any player, any coach in this league, I, I don't think there's anybody that's not going to respect him, just how he carries himself, how he coaches his teams. And you can bet that they're always going to be well-prepared and very physical and very sound. And he's the model of consistency in this league. Mike Tomlin is number two on the list of longest tenured coaches with their current team, and for good reason. 176 career wins between the regular season and playoffs, including three career wins over the Packers. Tomlin and LaFleur face off for the second time this Sunday, with the Packers nabbing the lone win in 2021. He jumps it off, got his man in the end zone, touchdown! Sean Gary delivers. Hard fought, but the Packers defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers 27 to 17. But there's plenty of differences with these franchises just two years later. We no longer have the Hall of Fame veterans facing off in Rodgers and Roethlisberger. However, Sunday will treat us to a pair of up-and-coming quarterbacks looking to start a new legacy for their storied franchise. Love throws. Back Touchdown! Sensational throw and catch! The old Heinz Field has also seen change, now renamed Acrisure Stadium. But the venue is as raucous as it ever was. Hostile environment. I'm sure they fans got a lot of pride for the team and you know, they do a good job over there, so we got to get one up there Sunday. All right, there you go. Pretty cool little intro video. I love love what they put together there. Uh, Mike Tomlin, one of the best to ever do it. There's no doubt about it. I love Mike Tomlin, too, because he's one of those guys that has really no filter. Um, he He's he's not going to blow smoke up your tailpipe. I heard him in an interview one time, um, and I think it was on with Peter Schrager, if I remember correctly. And it was him and I think maybe Raheem Morris. It was him and some of those coaches that came up in Tampa, right? You know, they all coached down in Tampa with those great Tampa Bay defenses and um, back in the uh, in the 90s and in the early 2000s. And they got to talking about the racial divide in the country. And I love what Tomlin said. And it's the way I feel about it, and we can agree to disagree. It's totally cool. He said – if you're back then, we always talked about it all the time in the meeting room. If you're race sensitive, you're a racist. That's what he said. And he said, what I mean by that is whether you're, you know, white, whether you're black, whether whatever your, you know, whatever your background is, if you're acknowledging the fact that we have a different color of skin, then you're a racist. And I loved it. dude. I'm just like, that's, it's the 
best way I've ever heard it explained on how I feel. It's like, why is this still even an issue? And why are some making it a bigger issue than maybe it isn't? Why are some continuing to ignore it? Like, there's never anything in between. But it just shows you the character of Mike Tomlin. He's one of those guys, strap up your boots and go to work, overcome any adversity, overcome the odds, and think of how he's paved the way for other minority coaches, right? Which is just absolutely awesome. And again, I'm uncomfortable talking about race at all. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand what Tomlin went through or anyone else. But hearing him say, if you're race sensitive, you're a racist, man, I was I was like, oh, let's get it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I'm sure Mike, Mike Tomlin would, would if you asked him, well, do, what do you want to be known as, a great a black coach or do you want to be known as a great football coach? Right. You know, the race part is not – it doesn't matter. You know, it's true. You know, race only matters to racist. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, while we're on the subject, man, Mike Tomlin's a real deal, dude. Like, you talk about, like, man, that guy, so much respect for him. And, uh, you know, I I was going to ask you, do you think, you know, what type of coach do you think he is? We talk about, you know, Coach LaFleur is like a scheme scheme coach, right? Um, X's and O's kind of coach versus being more of a developmental coach. I almost feel like Tomlin's kind of like a hybrid, right? He's kind of like a you know, clearly defensive minded coach, um, yeah. but also like a, a developmental kind of coach too. you know, hands on with his players, um, you know, and to me, just like if I was a guy in the league, that's he'd be on my short list of guys I would absolutely want to play for. You absolutely. know, how do you see him? Do you see him as a developmental type coach or more of a scheme coach? I see him as a great coach, which means he does everything well. Yeah. schematically, and I know it's a boring answer to him, but like when you look at schematically what he's put together, amazing, right? Um, when you talk about the players they've developed, it seems like every single year you see another young player just all of a sudden emerge. Look at Highsmith now, right? Yeah. And and obviously T.J. Watt. Many teams passed on T.J. Watt, including the Packers. But <laughs> you've seen him kind of take those guys and just mold them into great players. And on, on top of that, he's a leader. He's one of those guys that, you know, Sometimes people talk so much that people stop listening. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. He knows how to grab the attention of his team. He knows how to motivate his team. He's a great motivator. And, and that comes with going to bat for them and, and letting them know, look, if, you, if you're willing to sacrifice everything for me, then I'm going to sacrifice everything for you. I'm going to have your back. I'm going to treat you as fairly as anyone you'll ever meet in your life. But we're coming in here to work, period, case closed. 
that's just he's a, a no-nonsense kind of guy who knows how to relate to his players. He's a developmental coach. He's a great defensive defensive mind. Um, all those things. He's just uh, he's what you're looking for in a head coach. And like some people mentioned in the chat, we'll get to here in a second. Um, I'll, I'll actually tag it here because I want to get to these super chats. There are some Steeler fans that want him fired, and we'll kind of talk about one decision that many people see as a negative decision for him uh, that he's made, but nonetheless, uh, still a, a great coach. Uh, Bleed Green, thank you so much for the super chat. He said, "How worried are y'all with uh, Ja and Walker doubtful?" Um, I don't know if worried is the word, Bleed Green, because we've kind of got to the point in the season where I don't think any of us are going to sit here and pretend like we're competing for a Super Bowl, although I think we would acknowledge anything can happen, right? We've seen it in 2010. That's what I always go back to because people are like, oh, quick, you need to be realistic. I'm just telling you, there wasn't a soul on earth that thought the Packers had a chance to win a Super Bowl in 2010, especially when those injuries started happening. But with that being said, my mindset has definitely shifted into we need to identify the good young players and make them core members of this team and build around it, right? That's what's probably most important. So worried about John Walker being doubtful? I'm not um, because it gives people like Isaiah McDuffie an opportunity to rise up like he did last week and play pretty good. It also puts the spotlight on Carrington Valentine, which we're going to talk about here in a second, all those things, right? It's important. Um, so uh, do if, if the question is, do I think they'll play? I think probably not. I, I, my my money would be on they're both probably not going to play tomorrow. But, uh, Tim, what do you think about that question, buddy? You you stole my thunder. That's my answer. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, yeah, they're clearly not going to go. Um, and I guess uh, if I had to pick one, I guess the the worry or concern would probably come to the with the secondary um, with job being out. And that's not a knock on Quay. You guys know I'm, I'm the president of the Quay Walker fan club. Um, so, you know, little worried about Quay two weeks now with the groin, but you know, coach says it's not a long-term thing. It's not serious. So when I hear that, I'm assuming, yeah, he's going to be out tomorrow just, just so he's good to come back next week. Um, but I definitely think we, we may notice a little bit, um, you know, more of that void with job being out in the secondary. However, like you said, opportunities galore for our young players. So you never know. We could have a Valentine and a Ballantine uh, showcase tomorrow <laughs> for all we know, um, which is good for those guys. You know, let the casuals wake up and realize they're they're two different players. <laughs> they're not the, you know, just because they sound similar. You're talking about two different guys who play, you know, same position. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think the middle, I feel good about Zay McDuffie. And, of course, Devondre Campbell, um, we'll talk about a little later, is just uh, – quiet has kept having himself a year since coming back from injury and, and even before the injury too. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not worried. I'm with you, Clayton. I think uh, let, let the kids play as we've been saying since uh, preseason, right? Absolutely. No, no reason to put some of those veterans through the ringer, you know, when you don't have to, and you get some experience for the young guys. Now, listen, if they, if they're ready to go play them, right. Let's go out there and crack, crack heads and try to win the ball game. Uh, Andre, thank you so much, buddy, for the, uh, I want to say super chat, but I guess just a donation. You're awesome, dude. We really appreciate you supporting the stream for sure. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right. I believe it's Andre. So thank you so, so much. We appreciate it. Um, let's do this, man. Since we kind of already talked about it a little bit um, with with the defense and Valentine, um, why don't we kind of stay in that vein and then we'll come back around to the Steelers passing game. Unless, uh, you know what, let's just do it in order. It'll be all right. We'll, uh, we'll start with the Steelers passing game. Let's do that. Paul Robertson said uh, the fact that there are Steeler fans that want Tomlin fired is ridiculous. I I completely agree, Paul. But one thing that he's catching the most heat for is uh, uh, Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator. Their offense has been really bad the last two years, right? And uh, many of their fans attribute it to Matt Canada, his play calling, all those things. Honestly, it sounds a lot like the Joe Barry situation in Green Bay, to be honest with you. Um, the only difference is their offense is a bottom 10, bottom five def uh, offense, and our defense is a top 10 defense. <laughs> right? right. So, now, again, I know we're only eight games in, nine games in, whatever it is. Yeah, eight games in, and we're not allowed to acknowledge anything yet until we, I guess, get to week 13 and we play the, the Chiefs. But it's just wild. Um, I, I got to stop doing it, but it, it just it, it cracks me up every time I see it. But that's that's the big thing that they're calling for him to be fired on because they're like, if they bring Matt Cannon, if he brings back Matt Canada again this year, 
you know, we want him gone. Not everybody. It's definitely a minority, but that's kind of what their biggest uh, complaint is. So that makes sense. But um, all right, let's do this. Let's go to their offense since we're talking about Matt Canada, right? Let's start with their completion percentage, okay? And I just did team cl- completion percentage, you know, just, just to make things a little bit easier here. So this isn't necessarily just Kenny Pickett, although he's pretty much played all the snaps to the best of my knowledge, okay? So when you look at completion percentage, you see they're 28th in the league at 60.7%, okay? The Packers are right behind them at 59.8%. So we are officially um, no longer the worst completion percentage team in the league. We've climbed up a few spots, which is good. And I don't say that trying to trying to be, you know, a smart aleck. Um, it's a good thing. Like I said, I think it was 77% Jordan Love had that last game. That's a step in the right direction. Now, let's dig a little deeper. I think we would all agree completion percentage isn't everything. You want the whole story, right? Let's go to catchable percentage, all right? Catchable percentage. And, and keep in mind, guys, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's balls that were catchable, okay? So that completion percentage is going to be much higher, obviously, because it's going to include, you know, you're going to get a plus for a drop, essentially, right? That type of thing. Even the bad throws too, Tim, to the best of my knowledge, like the throw that he threw behind Christian Watson, right? Obviously, it was completed, but that's considered catchable because it hit the receiver's hands, although it wasn't on target. We'll talk about on target here in a minute. But the Steelers, as far as catchable percentage, okay, is 81.7%. That's 27th in the league. The Packers are now 18th in the league in catchable percentage, 84.3. So what you're seeing is, you know, essentially Kenny Pickett has been way less accurate with the football than Jordan Love, meaning when he misses, he misses bad. And this does exclude the spikes, the throwaways, all those things too. So that's not factored in at all, okay? So these are throws where you're trying to complete the pass to a receiver and it wasn't even catchable. Jordan's 18th in the league at 84.3. Like I said, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, 81.7%. Now, when we go to on target, this is the one that that we would all be very critical of, right? Um, how many times have we seen, you know, Jordan get the ball within the vicinity, right, of the receiver, but not hit him what they say in stride, right, where the ball needs to be on the numbers, those type of things. This is the number that, that matters the most to me um, because it kind of tells the whole story, if that makes sense. But – the uh, on this list, if you look where the Steelers are, they are 20th at 72.9%. The Packers are 21st at 72.6%. So you're seeing a lot of similarities, Tim, with this passing game, right? Between the Steelers and the Packers. So when you look at it from that perspective, I think we would all agree there's probably going to be some opportunities for some turnovers this week. You know, there's a good chance, Tim, that that some of those balls are going to get away from Kenny Pickett. And, and think back to the draft process, too. Just a little side note. Remember, he wears the glove, right? He wears the glove on the throwing hand. Some people were claiming that, you know, his hands are too small to be an NFL quarterback, those type of things. If I remember correctly, he was one of those guys in that conversation. So uh, with that being said, here you're seeing the accuracy issues. you got two quarterbacks coming out of college, both had accuracy issues, and it's carried over to the NFL. But what do you think, Tim, as far as their completion percentage, all those, all those numbers? Oh, I think it's telling to just see the similarities continue between these two teams as a whole, especially um, I think probably more so offensively, but also defensively too. We talked about how they're running some of the same concepts that we do here in Green Bay defensively, but with the completion percentage, it, it is telling. Um, I do think Jordan Love um, is a better quarterback, plain and simple. I, I truly believe that regardless of what the, the numbers say. Um, and I think there's truth to what you're saying with Pickett in this, um, you know, possibly undersized hands um, that would explain a lot with the glove, get you a little extra purchase on the ball, a little, little extra grip, help you spin it. I know a lot of quarterbacks usually don't go to a glove unless it's super bad weather or something. I mean, we've seen guys do that before. Uh, Big Ben has done that before in Pittsburgh. Um, but Pickett playing with a glove all the time is interesting. And it makes you wonder, you know, we talked the other day about, you know, do we pin our ears back and let the dogs loose and just blitz him? Or do we just let him stand back there <laughs> and, you know, maybe uh, maybe entice him to go ahead and try and chuck it down the field? But, um, you know, to your point, Clayton, this for our defense, looking at, at uh, Pickett and, and this Pittsburgh offense, the opportunities will be there and we have got to maximize. We can't – if we have a ball fall in our lap, we got to catch it. 
we can't we can't miss picks um we can't you know we've seen it a few times this year we force a fumble and it's we don't recover it you know fat guys fall on it skinny guys pick it up you know let's <laughs> let's let's go let's uh nobody shaming here tim what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> but you know like that that's one thing i was so excited to see last week was that teamwork you know with um with uh devondre there on the on the sideline you know recovering um you know the fumbles and things like that picking the ball up like we have to secure these tur- turnovers because we have a defense that just like pittsburgh does we can score you know like we our defense can score we we haven't seen it like we want to but you know there will be opportunities we have to capitalize on it so you know it's going to be an interesting game yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And we got the chat actually kind of gearing towards the running game. And this is kind of cool. Um, as we as we roll through the past stuff, you guys hang tight because we're going to get to the running game. I'll uh, we're already off uh, <laughs> off topic, but I'm, I'm going to go in that direction, too. I think it's important. Right. It's really, really important to understand everything. So, again, as far as the passing game, we wanted to kind of hit you guys with that a little bit and uh, and let you know what the what the deal is there now. Um Obviously, our secondary, how do they stack up, right? Uh, the big one for me is I want Rudy Ford playing in this game, right? That's going to be the big one. But obviously, if Jair doesn't play, it's going to be a big issue as well. Um, one guy who's been stepping up here lately, obviously, is seventh-round pick Carrington Valentine. Um, absolutely played great against the Rams. As you can see, the PFF uh, PFF Packers, if you guys <clears throat> aren't following them, it's a great follow at PFF underscore Packers. They're just constantly tweeting out specific Packers stuff. Um, Carrington Valentine in coverage versus the Rams, eight targets, one reception allowed for 14 yards, three forced incompletions, 39.6 passer rating when targeted. I emoji, rising stock emoji right there. So uh, Carrington Valentine come out and play great against the Rams. Guys, those are two good receivers. Granted, it was Booty Cheeks quarterback play. I got it. Um, but I think we would all agree Kenny Pickett isn't lights out, right? So um, probably going to see uh, lesser talent at the receiver position against the Steelers, in my opinion. I wouldn't I wouldn't put um, that receiving core over Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua personally, um, but anything can happen, and schemes really going to come into play as well. When you look at this, what really gets me excited too, completion percentage against, okay? So some people would say, oh, that's just one game, Clayton, okay. Uh, agreed. It is one game. When you look at completion percentage against Carrington Valentine is 29th in the entire league at 47.1%. He's even higher than Jair Alexander. Okay. So keep that in mind uh, when we're going up against this, uh, against this uh, rough passing game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It, to me, it feels like our defense is going to show up, especially schematically if we continue to play, um, you know, the way we have and maybe mix in a little quarters. But what you're seeing the defense through the last few games is really key in on the run. You've seen Joe Barry make an adjustment that no one wants to acknowledge. Um, he's been loading the box all year. You're seeing a, a heavier box now, but also you're, you're noticing the edge defenders. They're not just pinning their ears back and going for the quarterback. You can see they're really playing the run and being aware. You can see it against the Rams especially, and they're, they're, they're kind of keen in on that run. You can tell that's a coaching adjustment that's been made there. I think you'll see more of that in this game. And, again, we'll get to the rushing stuff here in just a second. I think you'll be surprised because some people are saying they're more worried about their running game than the passing game. But, Tim, what do you think about Carrington Valentine, man? Man, he's that dude. He was uh, – You're I, saying he is him? Is that what you he, just said? He, he is him. Uh, <laughs> and I, I told him that on several occasions. I said, Carrington, man, you're a star. You're a star. And I'm not trying to make you big-headed. But you're a star, and all you got to do is continue to put in the work, and good things are going to happen. You know, I said the same thing to Jaden Reed, man. I, I feel like, you know, rookie talent can be hard to evaluate, but I'm, I'm feeling really good about my evaluations back in August, July and August because those two guys are looking phenomenal uh, halfway through the season here. Granted, we're just now getting the, the full uh, exposure to Carrington Valentine as his reps have increased recently. Um, but tomorrow's going to be a big day for him. It's going to be a big day for him. And I think uh, the key is, you're right, we have to go there with a, a, a run-stop focus or a run-contained focus. And by doing that, you know, we can just play our, our scheme, man, and let our secondary and our, our uh, linebackers and our front do what they do. Um, because if you don't allow a run game to get going, it's going to be that much more difficult for a guy like Pickett to find, you know, guys open. So... Mm-hmm. 
I don't think we need to do anything super crazy other than play fundamentally sound, play responsible ball and play together as a unit. You know, we saw that last week. I want to see more of that this week, regardless of what that that lineup is. Everybody communicating, moving, you know, 11 guys moving as one. That's what we want to see on these plays. And, you know, Valentine's one of those guys not playing like a rookie. He's a leader out there. If he makes a mistake, it's almost instantaneous that he learns from it. And, um, you know, no ceiling for Carrington Valentine. Looking forward to, you know, another day of him thrown into the fire here. And uh, I think he's going to respond tomorrow. Definitely. Another guy that's going to be important, too, and hopefully he'll go. Um, I'm going to pop up the injury report real quick, get a quick refresher. Yeah, so Rudy Ford is questionable with the calf injury. But if he does go, as you can see, Rudy Ford has a 30.2 passer rating allowed when targeted this season. And I don't know where that ranks amongst PFF but it's got to be right up there towards the top, probably top five. Um, just someone who's played absolutely lights out this year against the pass. It would be really, really huge to have him. But then again, Tim, seeing that the Steelers are struggling so much with their passing game, um, probably a good a good game to just roll with Anthony Johnson Jr. and let him heal up, right? You um, know, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. And, and On both levels, you're right. Save Rudy Ford and and get, um, you know, Ant Johnson some, some, uh, some playing time, some reps uh, yeah. in this game, you know. Same logic we were just talking about with Quay, right? Like, yeah, he's probably good to go or close to it, but let's let's hold him one more week and get him back next week, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's go to those chats I was mentioning, okay? We'll kind of shift the run defense here. Uh, Bleed Green said, I'm not concerned about the Steelers passing game. To be honest, it's a run game. If the Packers defend the run good for a third straight week, I'll be very pleased. Um, and then uh, Reb Moe in the chat says, Agreed, bleed. Warren runs hard, and Harris is hard to bring down, although the line doesn't necessarily do them any favors. Uh, very good point there. Really, really nice combination they have at running back. I know we talked about that earlier in the week, Tim. Um, Derek K says, run defense wins or loses the games or loses the game. And uh, Bleed Green says, if the Packers play the run like they did last week, we win. Um, so check this out. I just went ahead and pulled it because I'm like, you know what? I was going to key in around the passing game and, and really show the comparison between Pickett and Love and and how those two teams, the teams are kind of similar in that regard. But I just pulled up yards per carry. Okay, let me take this off here again, guys. Thanks for uh, joining the conversation here with us. We appreciate it. Um, this is yards per carry by team. Okay, look where the Steelers are at yards per attempt: three point seven yards per attempt. I mean, they're. They are struggling to run the football. Look where the Packers are. We're now at four. We're 20th, or I'm sorry, 19th, tied for 17th, actually. So when you look at it in that regard, the statistics, the yard, and for me, yards per attempt is the most important statistic, right? That's just me personally. Um, the Packers, it's showing the Packers actually have the edge. Now, some one of the other stats that I look at is stuff percentage, okay? What does stuff percentage mean? It means the percentage of plays in which you you hand the ball off, you're running, right, and your running back is either stuffed at the line for no gain or lost yards. The Packers are the – or I'm sorry, the Steelers are the worst team in the league in stuff percentage at 26.3% of the time they're stuffed, okay? The Packers are 20th in the league at 20 – just 20 flat, 20% flat. So when you look at the Steelers running game, I understand what you guys are saying because we still got a little bit of that, you know, flashbacks from uh, having a bad run defense. Um, Barry's made some adjustments, and also the Steelers seem to be booty cheeks as far as yards per attempt and, like I said, stuff percentage. So um, what do you think about that, Tim? Um, obviously, it's it's only a stat. It's only a number. you got to go out there and perform. But are you – am I am I being too, uh, too lenient here? Because I'm not really cautious at all over their running game. Am I missing something here, man? No, I don't think you're – being too lenient but I will say that I hope the Packers don't you know go into this game you know I don't know with the with the wrong attitude I guess the 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 attitude of uh oh well they're struggling to run you know they've got some talent back there you know we can uh we can play off and this that and the third it's like no play this team like you would play any team that has a running game and, you know, trust our guy, you know, I, I can't wait to see TJ Slayton in this game and yes. our boys up front, you know, like, cause it's, it really does. It starts there anyway. And, um, you know, we have to do that because I, w I I'm with you, you know, if we can play effective against the run, 
and continue to have Pittsburgh have the output that they've had this year when they're running game, then good luck to pick it, trying to pick us off down the field, you know, pick apart our defense because I could deal with that. I could deal with, Oh my God, Pickett got one out at 40 yards up the sideline. It happens. But what I can't deal with is watching the Steelers team run the ball on us all day. That that's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow. So, um, but I do think, you know, you can't take that for granted. We've seen, you know, Packers teams struggle before against teams that they should be dominating. Um, so yeah, a little, little bit of nerves here. Um, but they've been playing good against the run recently. I hope the trend continues. Yep. And that's the biggest thing is like people like in the chat here. Um, let's see. Uh, where's it at? Right. Which one was it? Someone mentioned Atlanta. I'll Atlanta. Okay. Derek K in the chat said, don't want to be the one to say it, but we make rookie running backs look like Hall of Famers. When did that happen? Atlanta, right? Yep, Guys, two different teams now. Yep. Two different teams. So many adjustments have been made. So many adjustments have been made. So many other young players have come into the lineup. They, I'm telling you, if you look at the way they run that 34 jam up front, um, and then they load the box on top of that with Jonathan Owens coming down into the box, that, the biggest thing, it happened last year, Tim. People don't want to acknowledge it. The defense got better when Savage got benched. Savage goes down with an entry, and you're seeing the defense get better. And then I'm look at this year. It. I'm just saying. And I don't want to see anybody hurt. Please don't take it the wrong way. But the facts are the facts. When he's not on the field, this defense plays better. You talk about the changes this year, and we're seeing it this year. You know, Savage is out right now. Um, J.O. has been inserted into this lineup. And – J.O. is doing J.O. things in this run game. We saw it last week. And, um, you know, not to say that Darnell Savage doesn't, you know, play the run, but he doesn't – I don't think he plays it as well as J.O. has been playing it. Yeah. yeah, and, um, you know, and we got complimentary guys back there. Like you talk about Rudy Ford. I think Rudy Ford is um, just as much of a threat in the box sometimes too and, and in the run game, but also brings that presence on the back end and – you know, it's crazy. We had a lot of concerns with safety going into the season and even dealing with injury at the position. I'm, I like the way our guys have been playing recently. So, um, yeah, man, I, it's time, man. We, we've got to stop the run tomorrow. And and it uh, starts up front, but it, it's often finished in the middle in the back end, too. So, we're going to talk about that, yards too. Yards per carry. Yep. Yep. Uh, Drew D in the chat said, yep, uh, get rid of Savage addition by subtraction. And, again, I'm not here to dog on anybody. I'm not, you know. Kidding me? Imagine me out there trying to play safety. <laughs> yeah, and, and let's let's touch on this too, real quick. Darnell Savage is a phenomenal teammate and a phenomenal oh, guy in the locker room. He's engaged. No um, so yeah, we're not we're not knocking Darnell Savage at all. Yeah, with these think, comments. This is just a, a, our analysis, looking at it objectively. You know, I'll tell you who I do knock. Dude, I, I knock Brian Gutekunst because you you know you making that decision and saying, all right, here's seven million dollars guaranteed. Come on back. It, it, there's nothing about it that made sense. Nothing about it that made sense. And and I was sitting here last year saying this, and then we go in the offseason, I go, I hope I'm wrong, just like the year before. Lo and behold, we wasn't wrong again. Um, it's tough because and, – and some people say, well, Clayton, where are they going to spend that $7 million on this year, right? Good point, but understand there's a thing called rollover cap. Yeah. How would you like to have an extra $7 million next year? Because that's essentially what would have happened if they hadn't spent it this year. You're, it, it's just – it's $7 million of cap space for a player that graded out, according to PFF, as a bottom three safety in the entire league. Not a bottom three starting safety, bottom three safety in the entire league, right? And with Jonathan Owens, his grade was kind of down there overall as well, but his run defense was yep. the big thing. I'm sorry, Savage isn't good at run defense, and he's not good at covering. Like, it's just, it, it yep. was a miss, and you've got to be willing to acknowledge that you miss on a draft pick. You've got to. We'd agree that Owens is probably a better tackler. Absolutely, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. But I'll tell you someone else who's a better uh, a better tackler too. And the reason this run defense uh, really played well last week, Devondre Campbell is now the highest graded Packers player this season at eighty point nine. This was as of November 9th, a couple of days ago. So obviously nothing's changed unless they played a ball game and I was on the Daddy Sodas. Nothing should have <laughs> changed. All right. So he's the highest graded Packers player this season at eighty point nine. Look at his run D or overall defense. First of all, he's the 15th highest graded linebacker in the entire league. Keep in mind, 
most defenses play at least two, in some cases, three linebackers that these scores would apply to, okay? So when you're talking about three starters on the field, a minimum of two starters because we're in nickel the majority of the time, the league is in nickel the majority of the time, being the 15th highest graded is absolutely awesome. And then this one right here really gets me excited, Tim. When you when you sort by run defense according to PFF, Devondre Campbell, 90.1. There's only three other defenders higher than him, and it's not even a full two points that they're higher than him. Bobby Wagner still out there doing Bobby Wagner things. I remember when people were saying he's washed up. He ain't the same Bobby Wagner. Huh. I still wish the Packers would have went and got him. But that's hey, he's rejuvenated back in Seattle. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So with the run defense from Devondre Campbell, I know this, the fact that he's healthy, he played last week, and he's going to be out there again. Again, let's, let's flash the injury report real quick just to make sure we're not overlooking any kind of injury status for him. Um, Devondre Campbell is not on the list at all, right? So we're good. Um, that makes me feel a lot better about stopping the run. And, and again, you know, in coverage, you can tell that their roles have changed. And what you'll notice in this defense, whoever's wearing the green dot, right, um, you've seen Quay take over the, uh, the green dot duties. It seems like Quay is kind of that pass cover linebacker, and Dre is going to be more of the cover in the flat so he can play the run fit a little bit closer. It's definitely paying off for the Packers, right? Yeah, definitely a move that uh, I'm not going to knock Goody for bring it, bringing that guy into the into the organization. Um, I think he was a great addition, and um, you know, other than the injury setbacks, which are which again, nobody's immune to those, um, and. You know, Campbell's a guy that comes back. He he works back, and he he'll miss time, but man, he he finds his way back to the field, and you see production. You know, kind of a kind of an up and down year last season, um, but this year when he's out there, man, he looks good, and a guy that you can just trust. You know, a guy that you can trust in the middle of the field uh, to be where he needs to be, do his job, and also you know, kind of kind of captain the ship a bit and make sure guys are where they need to be as well too. And Dre is a great uh leader uh, another lead by example guy he's he's not a flashy guy he's a he's a blue collar linebacker he's going to get in there and get it done and make those plays and he's going to make guys around him better that's what the great the great ones do and um I'm thrilled that Devondre Campbell is a Green Bay Packer I really am and uh we need to appreciate the fact that we've got him on this team because with no Quay if we had no Dre and no Quay now we're looking a little little different at our at our middle linebacker position and you know that's not a knock on McDuffie either but you know these are solid pieces and um you know seeing him seeing Dre with the green dot tomorrow is going to be fun um yeah. call, calling our sets you know keeping guys ready to roll with this defense definitely Omer Omer in the chat I'm trying to say it better I hope that's correct Omer um we've been there's a debate going on now because some of us down here in Redneckville, USA, say Omar, right? Because we're so used to seeing that. But Omer in the chat says the MVP of the coaching staff is Joe Barry. The D now top 10 in the NFL for yards allowed, less than 20 points a game allowed, and they're looking great on D line stopping the run. Uh oh. Omer? They're not going to call him Omer. They're going to call, they're going to call him something else. He yeah, just said Joe Barry's the MVP. Now. Believe me, man, I've been on the front lines fighting that fight all year long, and uh, I, I am I am battered and bruised from Twitter. <laughs> but, again, I, you won't hear me say, and I don't necessarily disagree with you, Omer. Look, the facts are the facts. That's what they're performing like. Immediately somebody in the chat will say, well, who have they played? Okay, they can only play the schedule they got. Um, now, people immediately shift the DVOA. I don't want to get in this conversation again. Um, all I will say is – you will never hear me say that I think Joe Barry is a great defensive coordinator. All I can do is watch the tape, know, okay, here's what the schematics are. This is what the scheme called for on the play. Did they execute the play or not? No, they missed a tackle. No, they blew a coverage. That's not on the D.C., okay, in my opinion. Now, people say, well, it's his job to coach them up. The D.C. isn't in practice. You've seen it, Tim. He's not over there working with every position group. You can't. You've got a staff putting place, right? Guess what? Joe Barry didn't hire that staff. Matt LaFleur did. There's all the things you got to take into consideration for sure. So um, just want to mention that. Drew D in the chat, we'll wrap it up with this, guys, because I got to get going. I, I cannot let my wife down today. We, we've got some plans, and uh, we're going to keep it under an hour. Drew D in the chat says, I think sometimes when people want to criticize Goop for draft picks, they forget how good he has been in free agency. Campbell, another example. 
Absolutely, Drudy. Great, great comment, Drew. Great point. Again, he's he's missed on some draft picks. It's not so much that he misses on draft picks. People immediately go to that argument and go, every GM misses on draft picks. Absolutely they do. I completely agree. But the good GMs, the great GMs, acknowledge they miss and move on from the player. And that's definitely – I would grade Goody in the bottom five of GMs in the league in that aspect that he just won't give up on the players that he drafts, right? You've seen it with Amari Rodgers early on, right? And I'm not saying they should have cut Amari early on, but continuing to march him out there as, as punt returner was just – I mean, it was malpractice, right? While and, Keyshawn Nixon was on the team. Yeah, exactly. And, and again – if 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 someone if someone told me, hey, look, uh, Rich Basaccia wanted uh, Amari over Keyshawn, if that came from Rich's mouth, then I would let Goody off the hook. But you've never heard Rich say that, and Rich Rich is the reason that Keyshawn Nixon is here. It's obvious that was his guy. But I guarantee you, when they met with Lafleur, when you've got Lafleur and you've got Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy with those, you know, daily, weekly meetings, whatever. Guarantee you, Goody's sitting there going, "Hey, we got to get that third round pick on the field." I'm telling you, he's dynamic. He did great things in the punt return at Clemson, all those things. Uh, that's just the way I see it. But um, that's that's really the only fault I have as far as uh, um, as far as uh, Goot's biggest uh, biggest knock. You know, um, Chris M with the super chat. Thank you, buddy. Let's keep it real. Goot is booty chase. <laughs> I, I respectfully disagree. I don't think Goody is booty cheeks. All right. Look at us in here rhyming again. Um, I don't think he's booty cheeks. I just, I don't understand the people that if you criticize anything about what he's put together, it's like you're a moron. You're an idiot. You're not allowed to criticize our general manager. That's just silly to me. Um, if you see it, you got to say it. Right. And, uh, that's uh that's what we're gonna do, man. We're gonna continue to point those things out. But again, thank you for the super chat and thank you for the little chuckle there. Again, I just want everybody to know I don't agree, I respectfully disagree, but I'm definitely not one of those goot defenders that no matter what he does, you know, one second, oh Russell Douglas, what a great signing. Oh, he's amazing. Goody needs credit. And then he trades him away, and people are like, Oh, what a great move. He traded him away for a fourth round pick. He traded him away for some Gatorade and a bag of footballs. <laughs> like you can't have it both ways, guys. So, and, and, and again, it's it just cracks me up because you can go to people's Twitter and just search Brian Gutekunst, and you won't find a single negative comment about Brian Gutekunst over the last however many years. Right? Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. The people who ended up hating Aaron Rodgers. If you go search Aaron Rodgers on their timeline. I'm just petty enough to do this stuff. You won't find you won't find a criticism of Aaron Rodgers until he came out and said he was immunized. I'm yeah. sorry, it just won't happen. Yeah. Um, some of the people that are his biggest haters, they propped him up like a hero before that whole uh, COVID thing. But uh, it is what it is. It's funny with Aaron Rodgers; all the criticism seems to come from the off the field crap. There's not much of the there's not much in the line of on the field related criticism, being that he's you know, the greatest thrower of the football ever. So yeah, just leave it at that. Yeah, I agree. But all right, guys, we're going to get out of here. We did it, Tim. 55-minute mark. Yeah. I'm going to go downstairs and save my marriage. All right. Um, but I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys were absolutely awesome. The chat was lit up this morning. Um, let's see. I want to give a special shout-out and thanks to the Super Chats, Bleed Green, Andre, and Chris N. Thank you guys so much for supporting the stream. We really appreciate it. Also – Quick shout out to Paul Robertson, obviously becoming a new member, new YouTube member of the PTA Posse. We'll make sure your name is on that will to uh, try to win that, that uh, I about said Devondre Campbell, that uh, <laughs> Dave Robinson autographed jersey that we're going to be giving away during the postgame show this Sunday. And if you guys, uh, like I said, the cutoff is tonight at midnight, okay, 11.59 p.m. tonight. I'm going to go ahead and tally up the list and add them to the will for the postgame show. So anyone who's a YouTube member, again, um, not something that we promote a lot. I just it's a way for us to give back to you guys because when we started the channel, we noticed there was a lot of people that were uh, hopping in here and becoming YouTube members. And I went, "What the heck's that? I didn't know that was a thing." I find out they're actually paying money to be a YouTube member. So I wanted to do something to try to give back, right? And uh, I tasked my wife Mandy with the uh, responsibility of shopping for the autograph memorabilia, and she has no problem spending money. Let me tell you, Tim. She enjoyed. She was it. like, "I got you, no problem." She said, say no more, fam. I think that's <laughs> anyway, 
All right, we're out of here. Really, really appreciate everybody hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pack Go. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com